So you're an attorney and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune in to the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to New Solo on Legal Talk Network. My name is Adriana Linares. I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant based out of Orlando, Florida. I pop about the country helping lawyers figure out how to use technology a little bit better every day and run their practices better as well. Before we introduce today's topic though, we want to thank our sponsor, Solo Practice University. Make sure to go and visit www.solopracticeuniversity.com and learn a little bit more about their services. On our last episode, we spoke to Michael Downey, an attorney who had just left his big firm and had gone on his own as a new solo. We're going to continue that theme today and talk to David Sparks. Hey, David. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us. I have a lot of questions for you. Uh-oh. Okay. I'm ready. So, as I mentioned a minute ago, we, on our last episode, interviewed another attorney who you might know, who had gone solo, and I understand that you have also recently gone solo, but before I ask you all about that, I just want want to ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself, because you are not what I put in the category of a typical lawyer, Um, so... You tell us about yourself first, and then I'm going to decide whether or not to hit you up on uh, some specific questions and and uh, aspects of your life that I know about, because we're friends, that make you the non-typical lawyer. Should I be nervous? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so I'm a, uh, I, I am a lawyer. I've been practicing 21 years now. I'm in Southern California. I'm a business attorney. But I'm also a geek, and I have been exploring that over many years now. I have a website called MaxSparky.com where I write general kind of productivity type posts about how to get more productive with your technology. And that kind of mushroomed over the years. I speak at the ABA Tech Show most years. I'm not going to be there this year, unfortunately, but oh, I'm, I'm okay. there most years. And I um, I have a, a popular podcast called the Mac Power Users, uh, where we talk about best practices to use your technology to become more efficient. And I've written now seven books about various technology subjects over the years. So uh, in addition to being an attorney, I'm also a uh, somewhat professional geek. Is that the part of my life you were interested in, or is there something else I should know about? Well, we'll talk about that in a different show that's not quite, you know, family appropriate. But no, that is exactly what I was talking about. And I think one of the things I'll definitely be asking you about that I know a lot of attorneys are interested and and definitely want to hear about is how you're practicing law with a Mac. Because I think that's one of the things that really brought you um, kind of a claim to fame in our little world of legal technology and, and practice management is that you've always, well, have you always been a Mac? Let's start there. Uh, no, I haven't. I, I was Back in the day, uh, for several years at the law firm, I used to PC, and just I got tired of it. I mean, I know Windows has got better since I abandoned it, and um, and I know that you know the newer versions are much stronger. But for a while there, it was just terrible, and I, you know I always had to spend so much time maintaining the computer. I was a geek, and I really just wanted to go back to using my Mac. And I decided, heck with it, I'll go ahead and do it anyway. I was in a small firm for most of my career, so I kind of had the ability to do whatever I wanted. 
And I started using a Mac, and that did give me some notoriety for a while, although mm -hmm. not nearly as much as it would now, because there's a lot of attorneys out there using um, Apple hardware these days. Right. Well, I, but I think that's the thing, is back then, however long ago that was, it was an interesting thing to do. It was kind of rogue. So you were in a PC firm successfully using a Mac. Yeah, no problem, up until a couple of weeks ago. Right, and that's one of the reasons, well, that's the main reason you're here, but I'd love to ask you about a lot of other things, and maybe we'll get there. So you were at a big firm, bigger firm? How big was the firm that you left? Well, it wasn't big. It was uh, three attorneys. Okay, so it was bigger than it is now. Yeah, or, it is. <laughs> right. Actually, it's smaller now than it was then, but yours is bigger now. And what decided, what made you decide to go out on your own and sort of say, okay, well, you know, here's there's an opportunity I'm going to do this. Were there any specific things that caused you to do that? Well, it's, you know, it's when you've been practicing 20 years, you start questioning a lot of, you know, your what what are you doing and what's important to you. And and I always knew with the success that I've had with the Max Barkey field guides and the books and the things I've been doing that I would face a point where I would have to make some decisions about, you know, where do my loyalties lie? I love being a lawyer. I'm one of those weirdos that really likes it. Um, however, <laughs> I, I'm not really interested in in the commitments that come with being part of a law firm because mm -hmm. as great as it was having those smart people around me, um, I was quite often pulled into other people's cases and, you know, just I didn't have as much control over my time. And what I wanted to do was find a balance where I could control what cases I took, who I worked for, uh, still have enough time to do the other stuff I do, and to see if I could make it all work out. And I just, just decided if I don't try and do it on my own now, I never will. So I went ahead and did it. Okay. So let's talk about how you did it. So the, the idea must have sort of stirred around for a while, and you probably needed to get support from your family, which I would guess came pretty readily without too much hesitation. My wife is fearless. She was the awesome. One. You know, she is great. And, uh, you know, it's funny because one of the concerns you have, you, you have a job at a firm, your health insurance is paid. I'm like, wow, I don't, you know, I'm going to have to pay health insurance. And that's not insignificant in 2015. And my wife said, you know, expletive, expletive. Right. I'll go get a job if we have to, whatever, oh, you know, yeah. whatever, you know. And the, um, so it, my family was totally behind me on it, and they were very supportive. And frankly, the people at the old firm were very supportive. Sure. They were like, hey, we get it. You know, once they understood kind of what I was doing. And they were very, I mean, a lot of my clients left the firm with me. There was no hard feelings. I mean, it, it all kind of, it's about as amicable of a um, firm separations I've ever heard of. I mean, we That's still great. talk to each other. And in fact, I'm probably going to be helping them out with a few things because yep. I have a particular set of skills as uh, the man said. And so they may need me to come back and help them with a thing once in a while. So that's cool. But the, uh, so it was very, it was, it was really not that dramatic when I left. Good. That's good to hear. And tell me the first two or three things that you did in order, you know, so the show is, is designed to help other new solos or possibly attorneys that are thinking about going on on their own, figure out exactly how to do that. So what were the first two or three things that you did? Now, I realize, again, you're not the typical lawyer, so I'm sure you went out and bought a domain name. And But tell us the, the two or three very first things that you did. Well, the, I had a spreadsheet that I would fiddle in, and I Nerd. would figure out how much would it cost me to get you know, insurance and malpractice and mm -hmm. how much will I spend on research and you know all the little things it takes to make all this stuff work. And then... I had another spreadsheet with a list of clients. Well, how much do I think they would spend with me in a year? 
Did you ask any of them? Did you, did you, okay. So you just. I didn't communicate with any clients. The whole thing was done right. in the dark. And and, mm-hmm. and I don't think the people I worked for would have actually made a big deal about it if I had. But at the same right. time, that's part of the law I do is a lot of trade secret stuff. And I know what you can and can't do. And I, I right. frankly, I wanted to do it on the up and up. So, uh, but, you know, a lot of my clients were people that had only dealt with me. And I just suspected that they would, I couldn't imagine they wouldn't. You knew to. your clients. Yeah. So you put them on a spreadsheet and you said, okay, well, hopefully they'll come. And hopefully when they do, this is the amount that they'll likely spend because you looked back at a trend, I would guess, of what they had spent. Okay. Um, So I love the idea of the spreadsheet. And did you read any books or did you go to any sources to sort of figure out what columns you were going to have in your spreadsheet? Uh, Well, I I talked to some friends that have solo practices and what are their expenses. And my biggest sensei in the whole thing was Ernie Svensson. And, um, Old Ernie the attorney. Ernie is an amazing guy. And he was, not only was he my, um, giving me good advice about the business end of this, he was my spiritual guide. Because, yeah. you know, I, I came from, my parents were Depression era. And I realized that it was really, really difficult for me to walk away from the firm. Because the uh, I was used to the idea of a... Um, Regular paycheck, you know, insurance getting paid. You know, is that, that a kind client calling? Do you want to take that? No, no. I just that uh, was Ruby receptionist, as a matter of fact. Oh, let's talk about that when you're done. To, okay, so it was hard for you to leave this nice, comfortable place. Yeah, exactly. And and frankly, when my spreadsheet, the math didn't work out. I mean, the clients that I thought would come with me uh, probably aren't going to add up to as much money as I made at the firm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was well paid there; it was great, but. You know, I've, I'm also already discovering I'm getting quite a few new clients that I didn't expect to happen this fast. So it's all working out. But um, so I had the spreadsheet, and I would talk to Ernie and get ideas, and and I got most of that stuff right in hindsight. Except I good. think I underestimated uh, the amount of work I'd get. So that that's good news. That's very interesting. So real quick, not to kind of go out of order because in my mind I sort of had an order, but this can be a little more organic than that. How did you get those new clients? Um, well, just, you know, I've got a lot of friends in the community. I've got a good reputation here and in Orange County. And when I went out, I made an effort to reach out to mm-hmm. a lot of my attorney friends and say, hey, everybody, guess what? I'm, you know, this is my thing. And I had the website all done. I mean, when I, I really hit the ground running in terms of having all the back-end stuff ready. So tell us a little bit about that. What do you mean you hit the ground running, you had the back-end stuff ready? So you had the website, you had the domain. Tell us a little more about how, what all that means. Well, the email, the domain. I got a good domain with a name like Sparks. It's actually kind of hard to get a good domain because Sparks is a pretty common name and it's also a verb and a noun. So a lot of people <laughs> have already got onto it. Somehow I managed to get sparksesq.com. Nice. I don't know. I just got lucky. And so I set up the, I know how to set up a website. I mean, one of the sponsors of my podcast is Squarespace and I think they're great. So I, I spent a weekend and I set up a website, you know, and so once I left the firm, I was able to take that live and, um, and, and it was, it's a good website. Once that's another thing, Ernie kind of coached me on a little bit in terms of, of how I did it because so many lawyer websites are so terrible, you know, know. they're so impersonal and, and I was looking at them and I'm like, I don't even have any idea who this person is. So I decided to write a website from the first person perspective 
and just tell what my theory is about being a lawyer and the kinds of people I want. And one of the best bits of advice I got was from Ernie as well, who said, you know, write the website to attract the clients you want and repel the ones you don't want. <laughs> and you know what? That is a really good piece of advice because, you know, I'm not, I do litigation work, but I'm not a Rambo litigator. I'm not the guy who's going to go out and file a $5,000 motion if I can solve the problem with a 10 minute phone call. So, um, so I said that on the website, and you know what? It works because the kinds of clients that are hiring me are, are kind of like me, and um, makes it a lot more enjoyable. You know. So anyway, um, so I had all that stuff kind of set up, um, and so did you I have put, a mailing list, or did you just sort of use your contacts? Like, did you? Are I you just using use my contacts? Okay. I mean, I had I knew the people, the attorneys that were friends, right. and people I'd worked with, and people I respected, and who I thought you know I had some. Uh, association with. I'm also active in some kind of the networking groups here in Orange County. So right. I reached out to some of my friends there. Excellent. And then I reached out to my clients and, you know, I called, I called my clients, you know, and said, Hey, you know, what the, here's the announcement. Then they would call me and I talked to them and, and they're all eager to help me too, you know, so they're excited for me. And so that's all great. Uh, the part of it I didn't expect was uh, kind of the business end of it in terms of getting the bank account set up, the IOLTA trust account, the mm. the um, you know, the Rocket Matter Clio blah 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 question, you know, which right. one am I going to use? All that stuff took longer than I expected it would. I mean, in my mind, I thought it'd take a day or two to get that stuff resolved, and some of it is still a little bit up in the air for me. And um, so there are some parts of it that took longer than I expected, but in general, at least public facing, I had things going. And, you know, I was getting work pretty quickly. Well, sounds like you got pretty lucky. But that is, you know, there's that good old book that actually Ernie told me about easily 10 or 12 years ago. This great book by Bo Peabody, who um, I think he was the GeoCities guy. But his book was called Lucky or Smart. And it was because when he became a millionaire in his early 20s, people kept saying to him, so were you lucky or were you smart? And his response became, I was smart enough to realize I was getting lucky and then sort of, you know, worked around that. And that really sounds like what happened to you. And I'm going to take a quick second to take a break and hear from our sponsors. But we're going to come back and ask you a few more questions about how you face some of those decisions that you had to make about what to go with and maybe still some of the trepidation you have about some of those decisions. You've only been doing this for a few weeks now. We're going to talk about that too. But like I said, before we move on to our next segment, we're going to take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsors. Ready to create and build your own solo or small firm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There is only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals. Solo Practice University, the only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than 1,000 classes, 58 faculty and mentors, what are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. Welcome back to New Solo. I'm Adrienne Linares, and my guest today is David Sparks. David's an attorney in uh, Southern California who's recently gone out on his own. If you've been listening so far, you've heard him tell us about how, why he decided to go out new solo. Um, a couple of uh, 
planning ahead moves he made. He got his website. He got a good website, a good domain, got some email. We were talking about how he, um, how you, David, I should just talk about it like you're here because you are, how you reached out to as many contacts as you knew to say, hey, you know, I'm going out on my own. I'm available. This is what I'm doing. And you got lucky. and, And again, maybe you did it very smartly. Got some good new clients. So you're happy about that. Tell us a little bit about your infrastructure. You know, you... You had a call a few minutes ago from Ruby Receptionist. How did you pick Ruby Receptionist? I knew I was going to be working kind of on the down low in a lot of ways. I, I've got a virtualized office. Um, I don't see any reason to rent space because, you know, my kids are kind of growing. I've got room at home. And um, I have no problem working at home because I've written books here and everything. So I thought I want to start with low overhead. Okay. So I haven't taken – I have virtualized office and conference room space and all that. But I want to have a very professional front for this thing. And I talked to several people, and it seems like a lot of these phone answering services are just terrible. Mm-hmm. They can't they can't wait to get the people off the telephone. <laughs> you know, they really they they aren't right. there to provide service at all. And most of them, at least that I was looking at, are going to cost a minimum of about a hundred bucks. Where Ruby receptionist is two hundred and fifty bucks a month, and uh, which is quite a bit more, but it's only one hundred and fifty more than you know the right. average price of these terrible services. So I said, well, I could pay twelve hundred a year for something that I'm not really happy with or a little more than twice that for something that's really good. And, right. and I've been very happy with them so far. That's great. Uh, you know, so, so they, you know, they do a really good job of, of handling things because one of the great uh, tips with Ruby, by the way, if you use them, is send them an email every morning. I send them an email saying what my schedule is, although I forgot mm-hmm. to do it this morning, which is why mm-hmm. they're calling me while I'm talking to you. But as I say, I'm in conference or whatever for these hours, and they don't even bother you during those hours. Right. They have an excellent way of communicating with their own clients and then the client's clients. Right. So that's a smart move. Everybody, you know, I, I say I've been in this business a long time. One of the companies that I rarely hear complaints about is Ruby Receptionist. So that was a smart move. And you're on a Mac. We already talked about that, which means you might not have the flurry of practice management options that someone running their business through a PC would. But at the same time, we have more options than ever because of cloud-based practice management and case management programs. So you mentioned you kind of had the, the struggle between Clio and Rocket Matter, which are really the two leaders in the, in the industry right now. So how did you either um, pick or still pick or what were the points you were looking for to, to decide which way to go? This is where being a nerd gets in the way because mm. they're both very good and they're both very different. And frankly, I'm friends with both of the companies. I'm friends we with all the are. guys it's, who run the. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, Larry is actually really a pal, the guy over at Rocket Matter. And so, so I've been running them both simultaneously to answer your question. Well, first, first of all, I started and I realized, you know, I almost don't need these things because what I really need is a really solid billing system, you know, because I don't need something to manage my contacts for me. I have a contact system on my Mac that's really best in breed. I have a task management system on my Mac that's best in breed. I mean, the stuff that they're offering is great, but, you know, a jack of all trades is a master of none. And, uh, you know, I don't need a lot of the the bells and whistles on some of those services, but I really need trust account billing right. and some of these other things. And and I'm not sure where I'm going to end up with all this. So I have tried some of the the exclusive like billing services like mm-hmm. Harvest and some of those things. They don't really seem appropriate for a law practice because they don't have yeah. the exact bells and whistles we need for a yep. lawyer. 
That's always the tough part. You end up having, when you pick something that isn't built specifically for lawyers, and I tell my my lawyers and my clients and, and when I'm doing presentations all the time, if you don't pick something that's built for lawyers, you end up having to do a lot of patching and finagling, and sometimes it's just not worth the effort. So right now, I'm running both Rocket Matter and Clio simultaneously. And Amazing. And your computer's not blowing up. No, they're both really great services. Really and honestly, are. if you pick one, they're very different. And if you pick one and one is immediately attractive to you and the other one isn't, then you're fine. Just go with that. But because I'm a nerd, I can't help myself. So I'm running them both. And I want to do like get through a billing cycle and sure. then look at it really hard. Well, we're going to invite you back afterwards and figure out and ask you how you figured out and decided on one. Before we move on, though, I want to ask you, what is your best of breed um, contact management system that you said you use? And what was the other thing you told me? Task management. Task manager. Yeah. Tell us about those. Well, uh, on the Mac, there's an app called Busy Contacts. It's a relatively new application. It's a contact management app. And it takes advantage of my iCloud contacts, which because I'm a solo guy, now I can kind of manage this stuff a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, the problem with big firms is... You need all these big firm solutions. You need this exchange, blah, 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 you know, whatever, which just means you're so much less agile. And being small, I can be very agile. So I've got a system that I use on this stuff that is super fast, and it would go way beyond. Busy Contacts? Yeah, Busy Contacts Mm -hmm. is one. And then uh, for on the Mac, there's this application called, um, by the Omni Group, called OmniFocus, which is Mm -hmm. just an amazing task manager. And full disclosure, they sponsor my podcast. So think of it what you will. But the um, they're just a really great application. And there's none of these online services can hold a candle to it. So so I've got that stuff managed. And frankly, you know, like, cloud-based document management with something like Box.com or Dropbox. There's so many solutions out there where, you know, I could probably get by without Clio or Rocket Matter, but they handle billing so well, and they do have, like, those client-facing features, like I can enable. The portal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm, I'm awesome. thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to end up going with one of those two. I've kind of now given up on the idea of just getting a billing system because I think some of the other features are useful, even though not all of them are. But yeah. It's actually, Adriana, it's really tough for me, I'll tell you. And I'm going to feel it's, really bad when I decide I <laughs> either way because I like – I have the added, like, emotional weight of being well, friends because, with these people. Exactly. And you, again, not being the typical lawyer, you can probably text Larry and say, oh, I have a problem, and he'll reply. And Larry's the CEO of Rocket Matter, for those of you who don't know. And you can also probably call Jack up. Jack Newton's the CEO of Clio and say, oh, Jack, I've got a problem with this thing. And, you know, he'd probably, so, right, you are not the typical lawyer, but I think your advice, which is if you pick one and it's working for you, um, go with it because they are both, as well as some of their other competitors, actually quite good. You know, I hear a lot of great things. I'm definitely entrenched in the business and I hear a lot of good things about many of the other options that attorneys have, but those are at this point, certainly the leaders. I want to go. Just to, can I add to yeah. that one? Oh, it's just If you're listening and you're like, well, I really like the way this works, I just need to know which one Dave thinks is the right one, you're asking the wrong question. Because both of those, of those two, you're going to be fine with either yes. one. So wh- no. whichever one scratches your itch, that's don't think about it anymore. You know, right. This is just my own go. sickness. <laughs> and, and I think it's important that whatever an attorney decides on, that they commit to using it to its fullest. One of the problems I always see when I go in is, you know, that it was half-baked, not fully baked, and, you know, the commitment wasn't put in to set up everything 
right from the beginning and then you have a lot of issues. So there's a little bit of a commitment that goes into whatever it is you end up picking. And that you was know, a hang up for me because suddenly I, I went solo. I expected I have some downtime right. and I had two or three new cases and my existing clients needed a bunch of work. And I've been so busy being a lawyer. I haven't had time to really sort some of this out. So I, I wanted to go back to something that you said because it actually reminded me of Ernie, who we've talked about a lot here. Ernest Fenson is a friend of both of ours. And so I've been friends with Ernie for a very long time, since before Katrina. And one of the things that made Ernie go solo when he went on his own was the fact that he was with the big firm at the time. And when Katrina struck New Orleans, they weren't agile. They couldn't adjust to that problem. And that's a pretty big problem. And he had, in the background, been, you know, had his contact list. He had his documents already in the cloud. So, you know, Ernie was very um, ahead of his time back then. But that is what ultimately caused him to go on his own, was looking back at that big law firm and saying, they're not agile. They're completely drowning. I can't make decisions for myself. I, you know, And it was just such an interesting thing to watch him go through that it's really interesting to hear you say those very same things during a non-crisis time you know, and experiencing that, that freedom of being able to do it the way you want and how you want. Of course, you're not a typical lawyer, so you get to experiment and look at a lot of these options in a very different way. And I think that's really interesting. You've been at it for what? Is this a week now, two weeks? No, actually about three weeks. Okay, three weeks. So what have been your top two surprises that you would not have expected to happen or decisions that you had to make? No matter how much planning you had done before going out on your own, what are a couple of the things that you've gone, oh, I didn't think of that. Well, one thing I didn't think about is scheduling my time. For some reason, I thought that you know I'd leave and I would have more free time. And, of course, even the people at the old firm said, you're not going to have more free time. And they, they were right. But I find myself will, you know, willing to work now late into the night and stuff, just things I didn't do before because I'm still kind of figuring it out. And I think you have to be protective of your own time and your family time as you go into being a solo you know, entrepreneurial type. Mm-hmm. So that's something to kind of watch out for. And also the thing that I didn't really think of but – a good friend gave me this advice, a non-lawyer friend. It's making a change like this in your life is one of those rare instances where you have a chance to reset the baseline. You know, with everything you do, you're going to start making new habits now that you're you're doing it in a different fashion that you've gone out on your own. Um, so you really should question everything you do in terms of how do you go about doing it. What is the best way to do this? Because this is the opportunity to set new habits. And I wish I'd thought about that more in advance. I'm trying to be mindful of that now as right. I'm going through setting these new things up. But I hadn't really thought about that. But the more I think about it, that is a big deal because setting good habits right now is going to make a huge difference for me going forward with this venture. Well, I think that's really great advice because my life is sort of built around trying to help attorneys break old and or bad habits when it comes to practice management and technology. And I think, uh, you know, like they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. but when you get advice like this from someone like you, hopefully somebody will take it pretty seriously. 
So, unfortunately, it looks like we've reached the end of our program, and I'm bummed out about that. But, David, I hope to ask you back in a couple months, give us a few more lessons about what it's been like to, to go out on your own and uh, just teach us some more things. But before I let you go, I want to make sure and ask you how our listeners can keep an eye on you on the Internet. I like to say, how can they stalk you on the Internet? And um, make sure you tell us about your podcast. Stalkers are always welcome. Yeah, uh, you, you can go to, um, for the legal side, go to sparksesq.com. And for the nerd side, go to uh, Mac Sparky, M-A-C-S-P-A-R-K-Y dot com. And all my books and everything is linked there. The podcast is called Mac Power Users, and you can get there for, through MacSparky.com. You can also get there through MacPowerUsers.com, which is, a, coincidentally, my co-host is another attorney, Katie Floyd, yeah. over in Florida with you. Oh, I didn't know she was in Florida. Um, quick question for you about your books, because we haven't talked about those, but before I let you go again. Yeah, uh, yeah help me sell so, some books. One of my all-time favorite books was Mac's in the law office. Wait, what is your Mac book? I have it sitting right here, but I haven't looked at it in a couple of days. Um, Mac at Work. Mac at Work, which I carry it around when I do Mac's in the law office presentation. And I say, this isn't specifically for lawyers, but it was written for a lawyer. And it has great advice in it about how to practice or just run a business with a Mac. And I think that's a great book. Any updates to that one coming up? Yeah, that, uh, No. Okay. Yeah, that, that was written through Wiley, so I'm I'm just doing self-publishing stuff now. But um, and how a, do we find those? Uh, if you go to maxsparky.com, okay. they're all there. They're called the Max Sparky Field Guides. Um, but the um, I oh, do I love have the paperless guide. Oh, thank you. The paperless is really popular with lawyers. Teaches them how to be paperless. The other one that lawyers really like is my presentations field guide, which came out really good. That's um, awesome. The um, but the uh, but kind of the more generic book about. Best tools and practices for using a Mac. That is on the uh, that's on the chart. That's gonna get. There's gonna. I'm gonna make a field guide on that. Just good. Not immediately, but it's it's in the it's in process. Well, that's great. I'm so glad you took the time to um, come on the show and 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 help us um, get out there and learn more about what it takes to become a new solo. I'm anxious to have you back in a few months and see how it went. So thank you very much, David Sparks, for your time. Can I just add one thing to this? The um, you know, being a solo attorney, I find that other solo attorneys are just wonderful people. I, I never realized there was this subculture out there of people who are solos and they're all looking out for each other and trying to help out. And um, that is another big surprise. I mean, there's it's a really nice environment. You know, lawyers are a pretty awesome group of people. And I say that, I feel as if I say it with authority because I've been doing this a very long time with no inclination to, to leave the profession and I couldn't agree with you more. So that's a great way to end the podcast. Thank you so much. For all our listeners who'd like to more information about what you've heard today, make sure to visit New Solo at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Of course, you can find us in all the usual places, iTunes and RSS and Twitter and Facebook. So that brings us to the end of our show. I'm Adriana Linares. Thank you for listening. Make sure to join us next time for another great episode. And remember, you're not alone. You're New Solo. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice solo here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.